Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. They hating, patrolling, they're trying, <laughs> trying to catch me riding dirty, trying to catch me riding dirty, trying to catch me riding dirty. It is themed. Huh? Uh, See? You, uh, I didn't even catch on to that Yes, first. yes. It's a theme. So today, guys, just as a preview, we're going to be talking about cleanliness being next to godliness, sort <laughs> of. <laughs> and so I thought a little riding dirty never hurt anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was my, that was my gym jam when I was working in the coffee shop. Back in the day, I I could see that. Yeah, I used to listen to like two thousands hip hop, which, I mean, yeah, you're uh, you're not technically supposed to put it over the loudspeaker at the coffee shop, <laughs> but you could plug in your at that time. I think it was an iPod into the yeah the system loudspeaker. I think I think the regulars enjoyed my taste. I was gonna say I have a feeling they enjoyed having a little mix up from the yeah. the boring coffee shop music yeah. that sometimes plays yeah it'll put you to sleep a little nelly never hurt anybody yeah <laughs> a little what was chingy never hurt anybody like all right let's just get i like the is... 90s though the the biggie and oh some yeah of those yeah i had a little bit of biggie on there and some tupac i yeah. love tupac <sighs> I yes know. so good he's saying about like legit shit i know like, that's something i really appreciated i really want to watch that movie because it uh, talks about him being I need to read more about him but like he had a pretty activist lifestyle oh which I did not know about that's and cool yeah I know I want to learn What's more about movie? I don't know I think it maybe he has a movie <laughs> <laughs> there is a movie about Tupac okay. but I don't know what it's called maybe it's called changes <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> it might just be called Pac <laughs> uh, anyway so what's good with you this week I'm going with soft clothes and blankets just I, I do have sensory needs. Like I talked about the twinkly lights in the last one, and I like to have places smell good. I like to have things kind of organized. And with that, I need to feel comfortable and be in soft. And I run cold mm-hmm. generally, so I like to snuggle up with warm, fluffy things. And Have you always been like that, very sensory focused? I think I have been, but I've only recently been aware of it. Like, I've always had kind of control issues with various aspects of that, but never really realized that that's why. Interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. Okay. Can you, like, describe a a sensory control issue? Like the thermostat, maybe? Or, like, did you get in thermostat wars? (laughs) I mean, I've been in thermostat wars. I have been in thermostat wars at at office places. I think, I mean, again, I run kind of high anxiety. Mm -hmm. So, like, the digestive stuff is a thing. Like, the pants, you know what I mean? Like, like. The not having a waist, like the button pants thing yeah. was a real thing. My my mom used to always hate how I'd wear basketball shorts or sweatpants all the time. And she'd be like, <laughs> you know, like to look a little nicer. Uh, but that pressure on my stomach was really uncomfortable and difficult for me. And it intensified my anxiety some. And it was like a factor. Oh, that's really interesting because... Wow. I So when I was back in the day talking about like, I cannot have these pants touching my body. Yeah. You were like, oh, I've been like, I've never been able to have pants touch my body. <laughs> I mean, I obviously know had learned to tolerate it and wear it because yeah. that's what was pretty and whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's always been, I don't know, uncomfortable and not. I've, I've noticed a difference. So I pay attention to that. And yeah, my feet get really cold. And like, yeah. so I always like to have warm, fuzzy socks on or or then like I, like, I can't focus if if my i can't feel my toes yeah, you know yeah like, yeah yeah you you have a lot you have awareness of body sensations and you have to be really attentive to those things i like right. that that's a cool that's a really cool what's good i uh, i i don't even know i have a body someday so i love how <laughs> when i'm like telling you about sensory stuff you're basically bane and batman like darkness i was born of this <laughs> 
I'm like Batman trying to fight you in the dark and you're like, whatever. <laughs> I've been here for years. <laughs> uh, I uh, we all have our own darkness. That's yeah. real. <laughs> I know there's some where you're like, yeah. the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. I hide mine well. Uh, yeah. Winky. <laughs> yeah. So my what's, what's good is, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I'm have I told you I'm scuba certified? <gasps> no, that's cool. Yeah, that's a, so a fun fact about me is that I'm scuba certified. A couple years ago, I got a bug up my butt. I So I get into these phases where I think I'm not being a productive member of humanity. It's probably just anxiety. And then I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I have existential dread. I'm going to do something. And then I just decide I'm going to learn a skill. Like that's how I cope with my being of on this planet and being how I don't know how to control anything or deal with anything so I just learn a skill or you know fucking start a podcast yeah I was gonna say so or start a podcast and learn how to figure that shit out (laughs) so like I just I I get bored for like five whole seconds then I feel existential dread and then I learn a skill and usually it's a skill that's like a a weirdly complex skill so the last one before podcasting that I learned was scuba diving that's so cool yeah I learned it because my partner's dad is scuba certified also we wanted to go on some like be able to do some trips and stuff together and my partner almost also got scuba certified with me so we can be dive buddies together yay and the funny part about the story is that we actually had an instructor whose name was Steve. And <laughs> no! he, yeah, yeah. So he insisted we call him Scuba Steve. That's obviously. awesome. This dude was a retired cop. No, he worked with the police force and he was a search and rescue recovery diver. Ooh. So he was like real. Yeah. He knew he had shit. crazy PTSD, first of all. I'm True. like a psychologist, like standing in this pool with this man who's like, Never take off this part of your thing. You will drown and die. And I was like, oh, you have PTSD. And then like at one point we're in this guy's. So this is how the scuba training goes. Literally, he's like, okay, we're going to meet tomorrow. We're going to meet at my house. We're going to be doing a pool exercise all day. So we were taking off our vest. We need to be able to clear our masks underwater. We Mm -hmm. need to be able to take off our mask, find our masks underwater. We needed to be able to recover our dive vest we need to be able to regulate our flotation like how close we were to the bottom or to the top yeah we need to do all oh my gosh things. it was like that's a lot more intensive than i yes! recognize yes we need to be able to tread Shoot. water for like 10 minutes or something crazy he this homie's just eating a sandwich like watching <laughs> us like timing us i felt like i was in boot camp it was so crazy i thought we're gonna do this like relaxing couples activity <laughs> and it was like a boot camp yeah. <laughs> my partner's looking at me like what the fuck what did like, you get me into sunny sorry i'm sorry and so then we went out for the next two days you go out on these um, I, I guess they're ex- i don't excursions? know excursions i guess where you go out actually diving and you have to perform all of those tasks in the ocean to, right with your partner and then you learn this little dive sign language and you oh learn shit all yeah. the flags are and stuff it was actually complex and meanwhile we go out there and there's this like little 12 year old kicking both <laughs> of our asses but it was I, to be honest it was a super pretty we found a bunch of like it was i have this really cool photographic memory of being under the water and the waves how how the waves would create a diamond pattern on the mm-hmm. bottom of the sea on the sand and you could see these sand dollars captured in these little diamonds mm-hmm. and like the little rainbow pattern moving across the sand dollars so i have this like weird photographic memory of that so diving is really Really right, cool. right. It, it was worth it in the end, yeah. but the actual process was way more yes. intense than you expected. And the dive instructor's like telling us about like dead people he fished out of the water, like while we're going <laughs> to the ocean to dive. I was like, this is craziness. Anyway, so I'm scuba certified. That's my what's good. That's, that's my fun cool fact. though. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's funny. I. I mean, he's just trying to prepare you, right? He just doesn't want anybody to die on his watch. Absolutely. He was actually a really good instructor, but my partner and I were both like, we wanted the other guy because he was just this like high ass stoner who didn't care <laughs> about anything. He was like, I don't know, put on your shit, get in the water, let the waves take you. And like they were telling each other, you know, fish stories basically when we were in the dive shop. It's a really weird cultural experience too to like be involved with divers. It's not a stress-free, like you think it's going to be a, like I'm snorkeling. No. Yeah. No. 
It's not a stress-free event. There are things that happen oh, during man. those events. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Anyway, that's I might I have to second guess whether – like, that was on one of my bucket list things, and now I'm like, maybe I don't want to do that. I mean, like, I, can, I don't like to open my eye. I got a black eye swimming once. How? <laughs> I ran into the wall. <laughs> I literally ran into the wall swimming and got a black eye. Like, that's how – so I if I have to take my goggles off and under the water, so like, I'm it. already done. <laughs> Don't worry, you do it in the pool like 50, 11 times. So it does, you think it's going to be way worse. And then you literally at one point, you're sitting on the bottom of the ocean floor and you're calm as a cucumber because you've done it a billion fair times. Enough, fair so enough. it is, it does get better, but it's not, it doesn't start relaxing. And maybe that was just scuba Steve. Right. And it, and it, maybe it's just a little exposure therapy, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Speaking of anxiety, should we note that first? Yes. So after our last episode was on anxiety disorders, and we had kind of noted after we had recorded that these statistics that we gave you on anxiety and depression were statistics prior to COVID-19. Right. They were prior to the pandemic. So y'all, it's lit right now. It's really lit right now. Like double yes. what you we previously said is probably statistically what's happening now. Yeah. I there, mean, I mean, there's not a lot of like uh, long-term research about it because this is so new and it right. takes a long t- time to do this research. But I saw something like 40%. I was, I was doing some deep dive <laughs> for reasons about <laughs> employment (laughs) and I was talking and I was reading about just burnout and it was saying something like 30 to 40 percent of people were experiencing mental health symptoms right Mm now and that 30 to 40 percent of people are experiencing burnout and that it was there was a lot of things (laughs) it felt like they were talking directly to me they were like (laughs) females in their you know 30 30 ish to age 45 ish and who are healthcare workers and who've had any previous mental health history are most likely to basically explode right now. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I, tick, but, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> I, I was like, shit. Uh, but or, you know, leave their jobs or right. have depression or have anxiety or whatever the case is. And so, yeah, we wanted to make that note to you guys that the as common as they were previously, before. they're now off the chain. Yeah, it's. <laughs> That's off the chain. Exactly. So <laughs> she's off the chain. Yeah, that's not my patient. She's off the chain. <laughs> so what did you end up doing for your outside of podcast experiment? Uh, so mine was the meditations a little bit more consistently. And I didn't fail, but I didn't succeed because I don't want to say I'm consistent, but I did at least increase a little bit. Like I, yeah. I carved a little more time. It made a difference, but I still need to, you know, get it consistent. Yeah. So I didn't quite make it the, to the number of times that I wanted to do it, and I haven't followed through enough to to say I, yay, I win. But at least I picked did. up the pace. Yeah, did something. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I I have been consistently using my humor as a way to decrease my anxiety, and I've been trying to more intentionally seek out things that are funny to me. Or intentionally, mm-hmm. like, if somebody's talking about something that makes me really nervous, I do try to validate that. And I also try to make sure to throw in a joke or something to kind of, like, diffuse the tension a little bit. So it is – it's a continued skill for me. I just have to keep remembering to do it because I think that if I get too stressed out, I forget. forget. Yeah. Uh, so once I get in, like, threat level red, I'm like, ah. But And I think that's one of, like, my strong suits is that I – try not to th- take things too terribly seriously or try to have a sense of humor about things but I also notice if I'm around really highly anxious people I can get pulled into that mm. so I have to just be aware of my surroundings and just you know just constantly be seeking out the funny things just constantly right. be finding the humor because it, it I mean it it does it takes effort it and does so I you know I succeeded but it needs to be ongoing mm-hmm. more so than than I have been doing it, I think. Not just a week, but like a it needs to be yeah, more permanent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I think I think we're both on the same with those with these new habitual patterns we're yeah. trying to instill. We're not quite there yet, but we yeah. see the importance of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're like, ooh, I do way better when I do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. So what are we talking about this week? Yeah. So we've previously discussed how our environment impacts our mental health. And this week we're gonna talk about the part of self-care that involves caring for our environment in a way that the atmosphere comforts us. 
Um, you know, so clean up your space so you feel a little less like a gremlin. Yes, <laughs> you don't want to be a little trash monster. Yeah. So what do the statistics say about the correlation between our mental health and living in a clean, comfortable space, Sunny? Well, they say a lot, actually. And I've I have gotten away from this and forgotten about this as a therapist, so this kind of brief research review was useful for me. So there was one study that I found of about 60 women, which they had the women describe their home mm-hmm. as as whether it was comforting, whether it was cluttered, whether it was unfinished, whatever that was. And the women who were describing their home as cluttered and unfinished had higher levels of cortisol, depression, and anxiety. And you might think like, okay, well, people who are depressed or people who are anxious are less likely to clean up their homes. And Mm -hmm. so that's a chicken egg phenomenon, but not necessarily because the study controlled for a personality trait called neuroticism, which is often associated with With anxiety anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. and it also controlled for marital satisfaction. So other types Mm, of other factors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were finding that just on its own, having a cleaner environment, kind of this is our thesis for the whole episode, having a cleaner, more organized environment, a more comfortable environment, actually just straight up impacts your mental health. It makes you can make you feel less anxious or less depressed. Right, right. And the study that I found did say that women were more adversely affected by the clutter than the men. Oh, very interesting. I could see that. I wonder if that's like a a socialization thing. I kind of wonder that too. Because we were, I mean, you're kind of raised to see the clutter as your responsibility. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas men are kind of raised to see that as somebody else's responsibility. (laughs) I wonder too, like age group wise, how that would play out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was a a younger age group, maybe like our age group, if we'd be feeling less stressed about that. Right. Or I don't know. or, Or even if like, oh, you know what would be a really cool study? I always think about studies when we're talking about studies. What if you took women who ascribed to gender roles really strongly Mm -hmm. and women who did not ascribe to gender roles and measured how stressed they were by By the house the cleanliness of their home yeah that would be really interesting yeah yeah anyway some researcher go do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) write that down you can have that idea that's a freebie (laughs) another study that i uh looked at found that people with clean homes are also just more healthier and active I saw people that one. in messy homes. Yes, yes, yes. I saw that. And it it's weird because it's like, oh, is it is it because cleaning is a physical activity. activity? Yeah. 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 You're getting steps when you're cleaning. You're mm-hmm. burning energy when you're cleaning. You are probably getting a similar little neurochemical. Ex- yeah. There and yeah, there was a study that talked about the endorphins that were released while cleaning. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I wonder too, like I, I didn't find anything on this, but I wonder if there's a difference between like the types of tasks, like if vacuuming really releases like the most. Ooh, that would be interesting. You know, doing the most effort there. But yeah, I, I saw one study that also said that people uh, having cleanlier homes correlates with higher fitness levels. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the clean, the cleaner house. You had a more predictor for physical health than like if you were walking in your neighborhood. Yes, that's which really I thought was crazy. Yeah. Oh, so okay. So if you were walking in your neighborhood, like they would, they compared whether they compared, you walked or whether they, you cleaned. They compared people. I think yeah, like cleaning mm-hmm. versus walking, and whose physical health was actually better. better. And, and the it people was the who were cleaning what? was actually better. That's some, isn't that bonkers? That is bonkers sauce to me. Okay, that's, but I mean, if you think about the different activities you're doing when you're cleaning, you're actually doing more. I mean, you might be scrubbing, so there's some arm work, you know. Right. I mean, granted, you mean you're doing cardio, you're doing squats, walking. you're doing, uh-huh. you know, you're doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, when you're walking, you're just using that one kind of part of your body. Right. That's a very – So uh, I, maybe that's uh, – yeah. That's a fascinating one. We also have found that cleaning – having a clean home or having something decluttered can help with the ability to set goals mm-hmm. and the ability to think more clearly. And we are extrapolating it a bit because there was, I can kind of talk about, there's one study, for example, that talks about visual cortex stimulation. Mm -hmm. And when there is a bunch of shit in your eyesight, your visual cortex is highly stimulated. There's a bunch of distractors, right? So like, let's say you have a bunch of stuff on your countertop and you it would take you longer to sort through, okay, where are my keys? 
like let me find my keys of all of this shit in my countertop mm-hmm. versus if it was just your keys on your countertop. And that's because your visual cortex is being stimulated a whole lot in one situation and not in another situation. Right. And that overstimulation makes it harder to do a goal-directed activity because your attentional resources are pulled in many different directions. Right. And so you could extrapolate the results of that study to talk about, and this is one of the things I talked about in the discussion is when you have a cluttered environment, when you have a lot of stuff going on in your environment, you can't find stuff as easily. You have mm-hmm. to search. You have to decrease your sense of overwhelm. And in and so it's harder to meet goals or do goal-directed activities. Yeah. Well, and I think what happens too is because of that overstimulation is, is, and that overwhelming just factor with our brains firing with all this stuff is you become kind of paralyzed with that anxiety about there's all of these cluttery things like there's so many things to do and there's that I don't know where to start mm-hmm. and it's kind of this paralyzed state of, of clutter mm-hmm. <laughs> that that people kind of get caught in right and we and like I said we can go back to the chicken or the egg did the, right did the anxiety cause the clutter because you were feeling exhausted did the depression cause the clutter because you didn't have any motivation maybe it's right. possible but certainly we know that a lot of times like with anxiety or depression you have to do the thing, like the activity or the socialization, before you feel better. Mm-hmm. You only feel better after you do it. So it's a lot the same way with like cleaning in order to help with a mental health condition. Right. It's like it's not until after you do the activity to clean up what the depression or anxiety caused that you then begin to feel better. So <laughs> it may not be super relevant whether it's chicken or egg. Right. But either way, when we and our family are uncomfortable in our environment – we all become a little more irritable and anxious and frustrated and overwhelmed and depressed. And so thus that unruly cluttered space can lead to more behavioral problems that damage those relationships. You know, you're going to be more snappy or you get more resentful because that one, you know, they left another sock on the damn floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I also found some the concept that if you were – Living in a cluttered environment, it could reduce your ability to be mindful about what's going on in your environment because you're oh, distracted. Yeah, that but makes sense. that if you were to do a mindfulness-based activity while you are cleaning, so like say, for example, doing the dishes, I think mm-hmm. one study I found said mm-hmm. that if you pay attention to your five senses while you're doing the dishes, the smell of the soap, the feel of the water, yep. et cetera, that you are more likely to report positive emotions, a sense of satisfaction, decreased negative emotions, uh, decreased anxiety and nervousness, and an increased sense of expanding time Mm. that you have, which is common in mindfulness. You often feel like you have more time when you practice mindfulness. Yeah. And so this is another skill. It's like it's not just – cleaning is not just useful in reducing anxiety or – nervousness or overwhelm or irritability but it can be something you use with mindfulness for yeah example. yeah it, it can be used as a coping skill basically yeah mm-hmm. it, you can start to utilize it to help calm you down instead of letting all the clutter and everything overwhelm you yeah and i feel like it kind of i i we're not going to dive into feng shui mm-hmm. but it relates a little bit to that, you know. Absolutely. The feng shui is the ancient Chinese philosophy, which is the belief that there is a continuous flow of energy between humans and their physical surroundings or environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so this relates to the way that we arrange our furniture, the color schemes, the sounds, the the lighting, the strategic artwork and decor, plants and flowers, water features. All those things create like an ambiance mm-hmm. that help with our moods. Yeah. Which kind of relates to what I was talking about with the sensory stuff. You know, I think that's part of why I personally have a real stickler about clean and, and having – I have candles everywhere, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of little things like that because I I need that ambiance oh, and no. that flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it relates to the, the concept that I talked about last time, that the Danish have a concept called Hygge. Yeah. Which is, you know, a comfortable, soft, comforting environment or surrounding that helps you feel nurtured. I think a lot of cultures have this philosophy, and this is a very old concept. I mean, literally, we just said the term cleanliness is next to godliness. That's right. an old Western ideology. Right. But each culture has its own version of, hey, if you keep a clean space, clean house, clean mind, try it out and let right. us know what you think. It's a, it's a good it's a good one. And I think, too, I mean, I've even seen some public health research that shares that 
having clean spaces promotes mental health in communities. Not mm. just clean spaces, but green spaces. Oh, yeah. 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 Clean, green, and like less view of cityscape, less view of a skyline, but and more space in general. Right. So creating a sense of spaciousness overall through decluttering can help with any feelings that even general groups of people have that are negative. Like even if we talk about like apartment buildings, apartment Mm. buildings with better, uh, a cleaner environment tend to have residents with better mental health, which is really something else actually. Yeah. Yeah. It it is something interesting. (laughs) Why won't they pay their rent? Well, maybe you should keep up your (laughs) your apartment. (laughs) Yeah. It's got to actually not have dripping ceilings and electrical problems. You know, that's weird. Yeah. So yeah, I know I personally feel better when my home has been adequately cared for. I physically can kind of feel a weight being lifted off and I legitimately feel like I I breathe easier. You know, my, my anxious racing thoughts tend to reduce. I feel more comfortable. I can better enjoy the other forms of self-care that I'm trying to engage in. Like if, if my home is cluttered and messy and I, and I trying to do a meditation, I, I don't feel like it's quite as effective at the times when I'm sitting there trying to do it in an environment that really feels comfortable to me. And I have many clients who experience similar psychosomatic symptoms and responses when their homes are in complete disarray or or versus when they have made the progress, they they note the changes. So let's just discuss that a little bit, Sunny. What What's your experience with that? Yeah. So I can say I can start on a personal note first. I am not a person who feels a deep urge or desire to clean on on its face, to Mm -hmm. just do it as a chore or a routine. But I do immediately respond to clutter by becoming anxious or freaked out. I can't (laughs) deal with like weird smells are like if I have smelly smells like dog pee for example is a weird I like I hate like pet smells yeah. or and it will immediately kind of like put me into a weird head space if there are if it looks dirty not cluttered but like dirty like dirty right. dishes or like like bugs thick dust moths yeah. any of that shit it's just like a whole it it totally puts me into a weird head space um especially if it's like a small space on mm. its on itself and then you add clutter to it it mm-hmm. woof, my anxiety will so it's not like I, I don't feel like an urge to clean immediately as a house is becoming dirty right you're not I, quite compulsive like I am <laughs> yeah but I will notice it like when it's when it's a problem I'm like Wah! like yeah <laughs> I have a more reactive response to it but yes it does affect my mental health I don't I wouldn't say I go the the sadness depression route I definitely go more the anxious anxiety nervous route. energy mm-hmm. like what is this like yeah sort of route. I would say my clients, the most common thing I hear out of my clients is them feeling increased anxiety, but also depressed mood, like feeling worthlessness or like Mm -hmm. a failure because they're not taking care of their homes in a way that they want. Yeah. And they don't feel like, they feel like what's inside their mind is being reflected by what's the clutter in their home and how dirty their home is. And lots of time, just as a clinician, I, I take that opportunity to pair up cleaning with physical activity. Right. Because a lot of times people aren't getting a lot of physical activity either. I'm like, well, hey, we can kill two birds with one stone here. Yep. yep. Let's do one thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I feel like almost like 85%. Like it's a, I feel like a vast majority of the clients that I talk with have expressed at least in some point in our therapy, how their clutter or untidiness is really affecting their their ability to just cope and manage is really stressing them out on a, mm-hmm. on a whole complex level to where they they see it as this monstrous thing that is unapproachable, mm-hmm. unmanageable. I also see a lot of times like, and this sometimes is in more seriously mentally unwell populations, but I would say that I see a lot of cleanliness going down in terms of the household and then also like hygiene kind of takes a dive too yeah for people, yeah that does tend to go hand which, in hand which frankly like i'll be right up honest like if my house is in, i'm not getting the shower like what i'm this is if my house is all crazy i'm just letting it all go like it's like that black or white <laughs> thinking where i'm like oh might as well lay on the couch and watch selling sunset christine's a real monster that'll work <laughs> you know i'll that'll distract me from all this clutter and then you know, it kind of snowballs into like just not taking care of yourself 
Yeah. So not putting on clothes that make you feel good or not um, showering or not brushing your hair or your teeth or whatever. Not, and it doesn't even have to be like, you stanky. It's just like you don't feel like your best. You're not right. doing the hygiene stuff that is your best. And so I see it spiral a lot for people too, which it does. It sucks. I mean, that's not a – nobody feels good when they have, you know – cheeto dust on their shirt from three days ago i mean right it's not a not a thing that makes people feel super <laughs> right we didn't we tend not to be very proud of ourselves in that moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so where do we start i do i i've also noticed with clients i cleaning also does provide a sense of mastery and control mm. over mm-hmm. the environment you know, life is so full of uncertainty and many situations are really outside of that locus of control. Really good but point. But at least we can assert our will over our living space. <laughs> you know, like I think that's part of where my my uh, compulsion to clean comes in is is a control factor. I <laughs> to like be honest. that actually. But it does. It, it gives us a sense of control over our environment. And so when you do feel like everything is just spiraling Grab on to what's within your control. Grab on to something that you can do mm-hmm. and and you'll feel better because you're doing something. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, so in other words, when you feel that urge to clean and declutter when you're stressed out, there's an underlying reason. You're needing that sense of control. You're needing to to just take some action and, and do a little something. You know, I should have said that earlier, but I will say there was some study that I saw. I'm not going to remember a whole lot about the details. But they found in the study that repetitive kind of stereotyped behaviors that have a routine, a beginning, middle, and end, you know that they are predictable, Mm -hmm. that those behaviors we often do in order to calm down, they're very soothing. They end up producing almost like a hypnotic trance-like state Mm -hmm. and reestablishing, again, feelings of control and mastery. And that can be cleaning. That can be doing the dishes. It can be vacuuming. It's like a And again, do that mindfully and and see how much you actually start to enjoy yourself a little bit. Right, right. Like I don't nobody's gonna get in the way of this kind of mindfulness right here. (laughs) Have you ever seen did you ever watch the Rugrats when you were a kid? Oh yeah. Okay. There was an episode, I don't remember what was happening, where Stu was in the kitchen, the dad. Yes, I think like, I see. And he's like, ma- he's, he's making, making pudding in the middle of the night. She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, making pudding because I've lost control of my life. Yes. Like I love that. That episode got super fucking dark. <laughs> but it, it can be a little like that with cleaning. It's like, well. I don't know. My day was a trash can, but at least I can take right. out the trash. And yes. That is something that makes me feel better. Right. Can you explain a little bit to the audience? Because we've talked about just behavioral activation. What is this? What is behavioral activation? What's a pleasant activity versus a, a mastery activity? Because you referenced a, a mastery activity. I mean, a ma- so a mastery, something that you feel confident in, something that you feel like you know what you're doing. Something yes. that you've done a few times. Yes. So and and it's good to engage in skills that are with mastery level because it reinforces your confidence. Yes. Um. So when you're doing behavioral activation, it's a little more about trying to step outside your comfort zone, maybe, mm-hmm. and trying to try something new. Yeah, Not if always. You're doing, if you're doing pleasant activities. Pleasant. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, whereas the mastery level activities are focusing on things that you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You're I know like, what I'm doing. This is a thing, and I'm I'm. I'm going to get achievement nuggets out of this. My little yes. brain pellets that are labeled achievement, um nom nom, those delicious little pellets are going to go right into my mouth as soon as I do this this achievement mastery activity. And, you know, other mastery activities can be, well, I went to work out today. That could be a pleasant activity too. But working out, getting your bills paid, making sure your dog is groomed, like these are not necessarily like pleasant on the face of them, but you, right. but you feel a sense of mastery and activity after you have done them or mastery and achievement after you've done them. Cleaning is one of those. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. People, boy, brains love mastery activities and achievement. They events. really do. And and the more that you can sprinkle those kinds of things in, in your life, the, the less stress and ang- I mean, it's a long-term way to help sh- make sure that you're not having these kind of reactions to stressors if you're if you're kind of sprinkling in these behavioral activities and and making sure some of them are mastery. <laughs> yes. Yes. I always I talk to clients a lot about this. I say you want to when when you're depressed or when you're anxious, we want to get a good balance of scheduled pleasant activities, novel activities, mm-hmm. and scheduled achievement or mastery activities. You can't just do one. Like yeah. you can't just clean only and then that will improve your mood. Right. You have to also like, 
I don't know, go watch a new movie with a friend. And that could be a pleasant activity. But if you balance those, if you find the balance, but a a lot of people like they go hard one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. It tends to flow. (laughs) Ebb and flow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I, I tend to find myself way more on the mastery activity end of the spectrum. And I need to make sure I balance that with pleasant activities. Yeah. And I think you might be more on the mastery activity yeah, end of the for spectrum, sure, too. For sure. Yeah, we I, like to... I forget about pleasant activities, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we like to be masters of our own universe over here. Nobody's anxious in this room. Right, right. We're not control freaks and anxious. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody here is nervous. Nobody here has ever been nervous. <laughs> not something I struggle with at all. What are you talking about? But yeah, so where do we start? How, how do we even get motivated? What are kind of some tips and tricks? Because gosh, when we are in this overwhelmed state of clutter, it's it can be really overwhelming to just even get started. Begin. Yeah. I like to start people off with imagery. Mm. So before you even do anything, I would have people sit down, maybe play some relaxing music for a minute and look around their house just as it is right now. Just take an inventory, then take a seat and imagine your house was spotless. And imagine you're standing in your home. You walk in through the front door. What's the first thing you see in your spotless home? You look to your left. You look to your right. Notice what's in, say, the kitchen. Notice what's in the living room. Walk into your bedroom. And notice the feelings that you feel as you walk into these individual locations in your home. Mm -hmm. And what you feel as you lay down in a perfectly made bed with clean sheets. Notice what you feel as you take a shower in a clean shower with a nice, freshly clean toilet in there. Uh, Notice what you feel as you put your dish into the dishwasher and there's no dishes in the sink. So I I like to walk people through just like a little imagery to like get that, those juices flowing. Yeah, that motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, visualization for motivation. Right. Like it it gets a... um, it gets the reward pathway juiced up a little bit right. so that people can get a little bit dopamine yeah. and, and start moving a little bit. And it, it's kind of like the magic wand thing. Like if you had the magic wand and everything was perfect, like what would that even look like? What would that feel like? What would that be like? Put yourself mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And and when you visualize it, you're also kind of just visualizing that success. So you're mm-hmm. less, you're not shooting yourself in the foot and saying, it's not going to work. Nothing's ever going to happen. You're saying, well, okay, so this is what this would look like. This is what this would feel like. This is possible. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So that's one place I start. What about you? What do you try? Yeah. I really like externalizing and simplifying. Okay. So externalizing is when we're getting something out of our head. So we have all these things that (laughs) that are around us and we have all these stressors and situations. And externalizing is when we get it out in some fashion. So whether we write it down, maybe you use your phone and you voice it into your phone. Whatever you do, you are writing it out. You're externalizing it. And then to simplify, you're breaking that down into a small, small, small little chunk. So instead of looking at, you know, the whole big picture, my goal is to clean this room, you're going to break down all the different things within that room that you need to clean. Right. And and what and break it down on the most minute level that you can, Yeah, you know, really, really simplify it. So not only do I need to dust, but in order to dust, I have to clean off each of the little things, the little, the little trinkets and, and mm-hmm. dust those. Um, you know, not only do I have to wash the sheets, but then I have to remake the bed. Mm-hmm. Not only do, you know, break every little piece down to the smallest factor so you can actually see what what you're what you're doing and then as you're doing it you can check it each off and again you're getting those gratification nuggets of i've got something done yeah make making a list with those little pieces on it and putting the check mark next to it very 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 good and and start low go slow with your goals yes like just one thing one clean off your mirror in your bathroom yeah that's it like okay that's what i did that was my thing that was it and that's all don't don't do more that's it i did 10 dishes whatever Right? Like, that's yes. it. I didn't do anything else. Yeah. Don't don't write out your whole house on this simplify externalize because mm-hmm. it's going to be overwhelming. Pick one room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pick <laughs> and, one room. And start there mm-hmm. and, and just slowly chip away. And again, with that, like, don't – you don't have to get it all done at once. Like, mm-hmm. set these goals out for, you know, each day get one thing done. Yeah. I've had people tell me that they set timers on their phones Mm. or set like an egg timer and they say, I'm just going to clean for 10 minutes. Whatever happens that time, as soon as the timer goes off, I'm done ski. 
Yeah. And that's it. And and that can, I think, uh, people, I think, are often surprised by, like, what when they the, can accomplish. Yeah what, yeah, what actually happens within that 10 minutes. Like, there's a lot that you can do in 10 minutes, but it feels so overwhelming that you overestimate mm-hmm. the time commitment before you do it. And yeah. when you're actually done, time commitment was less than you thought. Right. Yeah, similar to that, I've I've heard of like a two-minute rule. So like getting started is like the hardest part. So mm. if you make yourself work on that task for at least two minutes, chances are by the time you're doing it, you're going to just finish doing it, right? Yeah. So sometimes it's like, okay, just at least start to clean off that mirror for two minutes. Oh, oh, like I guess I got three mirrors done in that two minutes. You know, yes, <laughs> like yes. you actually, you you start the process so then you are more motivated to keep finishing it. It reminds me of, did you ever watch the show The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I I, I watched, I didn't watch all of them. I've seen some of them. It's like that part in the beginning where she's like, I I can do anything for, I, I wonder if it was like five seconds or 10 minutes or something. She's like, like this, like turning the crank. I can turn this crank for five minutes. I can do anything for five minutes. And like, I always <laughs> think about that. Like I can do anything for this two minute rule. I can do right. anything. I can start this. And then inevitably you continue forward right right but again if if ultimately if you hit that two minutes and you're that overwhelmed or still i mean okay just stop yeah Yeah. that's next time yep the that's the whole point of the two minute rule it's like you can call it yeah and another way is to try to make it fun you know change your mindset about the task instead of seeing it as a chore and seeing it as daunting maybe write out a few things that you like about it or or dance it off. I mean, I really like to dance while I'm cleaning. It, it mm-hmm. helps me get my mind in a better mood and, you know, singing along. Mm-hmm. You're, so you're not even paying attention at necessarily to the fact that you're scrubbing a floor. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're wiggling your butt and jamming and singing while you're doing it, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, that's another thing. Like, music is critical. Like, make your environment as pleasant. Try to make it as pleasant as possible when you're doing it. Put right. on... Put on a fucking podcast. <laughs> Listen to our butts while you clean, right? Do something that's also enjoyable. Learn. I like it. Listen to podcasts about like finances when I clean. I'm like, ooh, I'm learning. You know, you can learn a new uh, activity. You can listen to a new. You can put on a new album mm. that you haven't listened to before. Yeah, make it something pleasant for yourself. Talk to a friend, and don't forget that you share this living space. Like everyone's responsibility to help care. Like for this environment. Now, if you live alone, obviously not. But if you do share your living space, it it is good for everyone to get involved in in the cleaning process and the decluttering process and the organizing process. Because mm-hmm. let's be real, if you're the only one that organizes and cleans away, then that means everybody has to come to you for all their stuff to find where it's at. And mm. You know, now you've just added more responsibility for yourself because now you're everyone's care keeper for everything. But yeah, it's it's you want your partner and your kids to kind of help out in this. You don't want to just be doing everything for everyone because that's part of the stressor. That's part of mm-hmm. what's what's going to perpetuate this. And, and you're going to feel like you're brushing your teeth while eating Oreos if if you're the only one doing it. Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's another strategy for getting started or staying started is asking for help. Yes. I, we actually, ugh, I haven't actually done this in a long time. I just realized what my homework is. But we... I think my partner was feeling stressed about we, – we have very different cleanliness standards, and his standards are super, super high, which is actually cool because I, I think the way that he lives is more like mentally well than the way that I would live <laughs> by myself. And so I'm happy to try and meet those standards, but I don't – it doesn't mm, – it doesn't – like trigger me the way it triggers him when something is dirty so i wouldn't recognize it as quickly so we just kind of are like okay sonny like these things are your things you do these things right and so just like i'm the dishwasher unloader i haven't been lately but to full disclosure but usually i am the dishwasher unloader or i'm the dishwasher loader or Mm -hmm. i i take the recycling out like i have my designated things that like that's my thing. And mm-hmm. I can focus on that. And I think that does help a little bit when you give your partner who's maybe more the trash can monster a task. Yes. Uh, I like tasks. I'm happy to do a task. I just don't always, uh, I'm not always self-directed. Right, right. And it's good to kind of throw out, I mean, make it, you need to communicate these chores. You need to, yes. you need to have a game plan. So it's because you, you can't expect them to mind read and know what needs to be done we have a if they've ever done it. Yeah. We have a little whiteboard that we write all the like things that need done on. And oh, I love it. A little chore chart. Yeah. A little chore chart. Yeah. I'm the one who 
is not as good in it, <laughs> but I try. Yeah. And it, and we want to teach our kids how to care for their environments. And it teaches responsibility and kind of those basic adulting life skills, too. Absolutely. And you don't want your kid to end up not ha- being able to sweep their own floor or do their dishes or yeah. – Right. I mean, I kids that don't, you know, get to college and they've never done laundry oh, once. Oh, my God. I saw that so many times. Yeah. That was so disgruntling. I was like, you don't know how to do laundry? Like, what? That was a weird like, – or you don't know how to fry an egg? It, it was strange. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So right. you want that. Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want your kids to know how to do those things. That, so you don't want to enable them mm-hmm. through, through always cleaning for them. Exactly. Exactly. So asking for help and involving others is a critical part of the starting and staying started process. Yeah. And so I have these little chores by age that I thought would be kind of cool, maybe. So like ages two to three, like you can have them putting away toys, putting books back on bookshelf, throwing away trash, maybe setting the table, wiping a doorknob, putting clothes in a hamper, shoes away, those kinds yeah. of things. Four to five, they can clean the clean the kitchen table, wipe up spills. They can feed pets, make a bed, find matching socks, you know, f- fold a dish towel. Six to seven, you know, they can sweep. They can they can use a handheld vacuum. They can rake some leaves. They can help prepare dinner. I mean, that's the other factor is, is some of these activities you can do with them and show them how to do it, especially yeah. initially. You yeah. want to model the behavior and kind of engage it with them and make it fun. Again, mm-hmm. if you make it a game and you make it fun, they might actually really enjoy the task instead mm-hmm. of seeing it as a chore. Right. Eight to nine, uh, they can, you know, start to maybe make some more food and PBs and J's or toast or bake some cookies or walk the dog, dust the furniture. Uh, 10 to 11, simple meals, washing clothes, take out the garbage, clean the toilets, sweep the porch. Yeah, 10 to 11, you can do a lot of things. You really can. Yeah. And 12 and up, I mean, you're really... You're... 12 and up, the sky's the limit. Yeah, maybe. you can really start Child doing labor laws serious... do not apply. That's true. Yeah. T- 12 is when I started to tasseling. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was already working. <laughs> I was digging holes like straight up. I was digging holes like in a construction site like that. I, oh my like, gosh, yeah. that's so like yeah, it's not dug, awesome, like well but... drilling, well drilling holes. Oh yeah. my god. Yep, 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 yep. Child, child labor laws do not apply. Twelve plus. No, just right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, other ways to kind of convince kids to to use like a chore chart. So it can be helpful to have like all these different chores like Sunny was talking about a whiteboard and mm-hmm. mark it out and maybe maybe you change it up maybe different chores go to different people or maybe what have you but help let the kids help play in the system let them sit down and and see what what they enjoy help them know where it's located i mean sit down and make this a family thing where you're mm-hmm. working together and and tie some chores to some Rewards. positive, yeah, positive things. Make it kind of a token economy. Mm. Uh, so if you do this thing, then you get to go out with your friends and do this thing. Or right. if you if even put it in a jar. If you get so many of these little tokens, mm-hmm. then you, you can know, then get you can go do this thing. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think actually some of these rules apply to us in adulthood. True. Honestly, like reward yourself. My ass needs a charge chart to be able to know what the hell is going on i was actually just talking to a patient last week and they were telling me there is a planner for the year gives you a chore to do like every day and it breaks it down by season and like room and like household tasks so it's like okay you do like and it does it it has like a rotating schedule for the month so like on this day you do your sinks and on this day you do your mirrors and on this day you do the vacuuming yeah because some of those things i do like the monthly things like there are some things that i do let go yeah well it was it was like a pretty exhaustive list and i like i don't do shit like winterize my house i don't even know what that means i didn't even know gutters were a thing until anyway this is a side note but these are things that adults use too in reward systems definitely definitely yeah yeah, we used to have to winterize our house. We had to like put like stick them around the windows. Oh God, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But also, you know, with those chore charts, maybe surprise the kids a little. Like include some little notes or small surprises so they continually check. Yeah, that and they, you know, they keep checking in. You know, if if you change it up to the token that they get or the reward that they get with the different things, or make it so that they they start to pay attention to it. And really do start them young, guys. Make this something that, that they learn from the beginning if you can. Let them mess up. Let Be the role model. Show them how to do it. Have a training period, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are some 
Some good tips. These are these are all tips to get and stay started as a child or as an adult. So with all that, do make sure you're trying to balance your different self care because it does. I know that we do this, do this, do this. Like it's a lot of things. Just sprinkle it in. This is just a form of self care. Mm, It doesn't have to be your only thing, and it it doesn't have to be the forgotten thing either. Just try to be mindful of it. You know. Like we said, do the one thing and then throw in a different type of self-care. Take a bath too. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with like mix up the achievement events with the pleasant events. Right. Like try to have a little bit of a balance here. Right. Absolutely. All right. So what what is your out of podcast experiment? Well, I'm a dirty little gremlin and (laughs) I'm the worst about like, I mean, just I wouldn't say I'm like stanky, but I'm not like. I just don't care about hygiene in the way that many people care about <laughs> hygiene. So I need to, like, I feel better when I have, like, a routine where I, like, take a shower in the morning and I brush my hair and my teeth and I put on my makeup, blah, 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 and I don't just roll out of bed. And, like, ever since doing telework, I just roll right really? out of there yeah. I'm doing stuff now. And so I think I'd like to just do a little bit more of my own like I want to start with my own clean <laughs> levels and then extend out because like it's I'm not like my stage of change here is not good like I am not <laughs> very progressed on this one like for all the other shit that I your do your early contemplation yeah stage. like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm contemplating it but I need to like really start with the basics and yeah. like me brushing my hair and like putting on a swoop of mascara in the morning is like I'm kicking ass so that's where I'm just going to try to like, you know, get in the shower and put the lotion on its skin sort of thing. That's all I that's all I want. That's all I got. How about you? I think I I just want to go with the flow with the self-care. Like I need to to pay attention to what is needed, you know, balancing that out. Sometimes I, because I am I am somebody I think like like your partner who gets triggered mm-hmm. by the clutter and by the stuff yes. that sometimes I over focus on on this and again I think I like the control. Yes. I need to sprinkle in more of the other self care within that I think yeah. and just really be mindful of which forms of self care I'm using. So I kind of want to do like a evaluation of of the self care that I'm using. Yeah, and, and just make sure that I'm being a little more strategic. <laughs> now whether or not that is accomplished i it's a goal it's a goal yeah but I, aspirational gonna, aspirational yeah 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 so i got a joke for you this week you ready okay. okay i saw a man kicking a gallon of milk down the aisle while throwing a big bag of cheese around and complaining about how dirty the store was and i thought to myself how dairy <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit me hit me uh, i've got i've got a couple okay i love okay. it okay I got a new job cleaning mirrors. It's something I can really see myself doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a dad joke. I like it. I hate spring cleaning. Uh Damn thing bounces all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that one a lot. Oh, my God. Those are such dad jokes. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Man, we should ask. Hey, guys. So speaking of, if you got any good dad jokes, send them our way, man. man. We we would love to read listener dad jokes or listener created (laughs) jokes. That's just a side request. Anyway, well, that's the pod today. Thank you guys all for listening. We're so happy that you've joined us. And we were just really grateful for your ears and your life minutes. And thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.